You are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined, as always, by Adam Morris. We watched the Laker game. He was adamant that we talk about the Lakers. So here we are. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we're going to open the show with some of the the, the news that's been cycling around. Andre Robertson being hurt and being out another two months is huge news. Kyrie Irving kind of sort of re-upping for Boston is also huge news. And then Jimmy Butler still being in Minnesota. I have some thoughts on that. And then Adam has burning questions that for me about the Lakers and LeBron and and this experiment that they're trying to do. So, so Anthony, we'll you're only going to ever hear me say this once. I find the Lakers really interesting. <laughs> like, really, and I, I, I the reason I wanted to talk about them is because I have I think what I think are some interesting questions and like sort of topics for discussion after three preseason games. I legit forgot you were there. I just kept rambling on. <laughs> yeah, you didn't introduce me like you usually did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm pumped to talk about the Lakers. They just had the biggest win in in months. Like that. <laughs> so uh, let's uh, let's start though. You guys know where to find the show, and you guys know where to find us. Let's start by talking about the Andre Robertson news. I think that's the biggest actual news across the NBA today, and yeah. he's going to be out for at least two more months. Robertson is one of those guys where I think if you ask the casual fan, you know, they're not they're not going to think, oh, that's just that's a role player. They got other guys on the team or whatever. But he, to me, he's the glue of that team. He's he's yeah. what made me so excited. And actually, going into the season, we we've done some over unders. I think I had Oklahoma City as the fourth best team in the Western Conference, but I had a caveat of that's that's largely predicated on the health of Andre Robertson, assuming he would be ready to go and, and be in some kind of form within at least the first couple of weeks. Well, now it looks like he's going to miss a couple months. And um, I think he completely changes the team. Last year, defensively, when he went down, uh, the, the Oklahoma City Thunder went from being one of, if not the best defense in the NBA, to a merely okay team on the defensive end. So I think, I think that loss was really big for them. Absolutely. And you combine that now with with Russell Westbrook and his absence at the very beginning of of the season. Look, this Western Conference playoff chase is going to be intense right from the get-go. Like right when the season starts, you're going to have to count losses and count wins and stuff, runs and and time that, that stars and important players spend out. And and this Robertson news missing at least two months. That that's the thing here to keep in mind. This is a setback. And if he yeah. suffers another setback in his recovery from this, now you're talking about potentially missing maybe the entire season. I don't know how they're going to handle well, that situation. I don't even. I mean, let's just assume that he's back in the you know two months and everything's good. And that's not even what they say. It's more like reevaluated yeah. for a couple of months kind of thing. So it could be longer. But um, you know, we we talked about this a lot in the off season. The Western Conference playoff race will largely come down to health. And mm-hmm. Robertson missing two months is not enough to make Oklahoma City fall out for sure. It could be enough, but it it's not a good start. I mean, yeah. you start with that, and you start with Westbrook missing camp, and you just go from there. They still have six months for other bad things to happen, you know, <laughs> along the way. Like just just if they have average health after this point, so. Uh, I think this is actually a huge, huge loss, and I think it changes, for me at least, it shifts a little bit of my calculation for how I look at the West. I no longer view Oklahoma City as, I never thought they were a lock to be a top four seed, but I thought they they had sort of a, a slight inside track on the rest of the crowd. I no longer think that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I would actually put him on the outside looking in if he if he because of this injury. The other thing, too, with Robertson's injury is that 
he requires or he 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 leans heavily on his fast twitch muscles as primarily a, the team's best per- perimeter defender and uh if if yeah. though if those muscles aren't quite firing the the way that they should and he loses a step in that respect that that's a major loss let's uh, quickly talk about Kyrie Irving he he says the Celtics were holding a season ticket event kind of thing he was being interviewed in front of everybody and he essentially tells the host of it that He's coming back, and he's committed to the long term with this team. Uh, you had some interesting thoughts on this, though. Well, my first thought is it, it kind of reminds me in that scene in Wolf of Wall Street where where Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> quits and then says, "I'm not going anywhere." Like the crowd was there, the season ticket holders that are imploring him, and he's you know he's feeling it, and he's like, "All right, you know what? I'm coming back. If you guys will have me." Um, you know, maybe what makes Kyrie Irving so interesting is he talks about in Boston they has everything you want. Like, why would you leave? This is exactly the situation. But, you know, he did leave a situation that was awfully similar. Yeah. I mean, they t- he did leave a team that went to three straight fi- NBA finals. So yeah. there's some precedent for that. But what's also interesting is LeBron's now at the Lakers. Kyrie's now at the Celtics. And now wanting to re-up. And I just find, you know, Kyrie's a guy that knows his history. Kyrie's a guy that sees himself as LeBron's equal. And I think there's at least a little part of him that says, you know what, this is how my name doesn't just get etched in, you know, as a footnote in the history books. This is how I actually become a piece of a 40-year legacy or 50-year legacy of the NBA. And, And so I kind of, I get it. I find it interesting that, that he chose now to sort of talk about this, but, um, but yeah, it's interesting. To what me. are the chances Danny Ainge trades him? <laughs> Very high, and that's what's so funny about this is, you know, that team is so good. To me, the team is Tatum and and, and Brown are like the clear two guys that yeah are going to be there long term. And Kyrie's right up there. I mean, he's he's young and he's great and everything else. But man, maybe there's another player out there that's a little bit better that, or they can get two players for the value yeah. of it. Yeah, so. it's it's going to be something to watch. It's going to be fun. Uh, the last thing here on on the Jimmy Butler front, he hasn't been traded yet. And my my thing is, come next CBA, I wonder if the owners are going to do something about this this pre agency that the yeah. superstars are are utilizing and, and flexing their power with. Over the course of all of professional sports history, owners have always had the upper hand here. In the NBA, we're starting to see that flip on its head. And I wonder what the repercussion is going to be and if they're willing with so much money flying around in the NBA to maybe have a work stoppage just to say, all right, this is not okay. You guys are are contractually obligated to play here over the course of your contract at least, right? At least don't put us in a situation where we have to trade you for pennies on the dollar every single time you go into the last season of your contract. I'm not really sure what you could do and or what the owners can do, and I'm and certainly any type of measure that I can think of off the top of my head to stop that the players' association would never agree to. I mean, that you're talking about giving up power, penalizing guys for you know trying to force their way out or whatever. So I, I don't. It's an interesting angle to think about, and I really do think that it's kind of a it's a growing issue, especially for small market teams that these players can sort of force the, the their their teams into horrible situations where they get cents on the dollar um but the more interesting thing to me is that i, I have no idea what the synergy is right now in, from the ownership to to, to tom thibodeau it it's seems so like there's weird. <laughs> it's very weird dynamic yeah. and you know tibbs is the type of guy i would i would think the type of guy to just say no he's under contract we're gonna force him to play i mean 
you know, there's things we can do to say, no, show up or you're, or you're going to get fined or whatever. And, but nobody's ever really had the guts and backbone to do that. And to do that to him and just say, Hey, every, you guys don't even want to look at each other or talk to each other, but you know what? You're good at basketball. So show up and, <laughs> and just get along to me. That's such a fascinating either bluff, which I, I think there's a good chance that's all a bluff or it's a fascinating thing that, you really gonna bring this guy back in and just try to bring him into the fold? I need the I need cameras for for the first practice that Jimmy Butler shows up to. I need that. I need to see this. How if, many games do the, do the Timberwolves win in the first like fifteen games of the season if they just have to like grin and bear it and play together? How much would you pay for a pay per view event in which the Timberwolves have no idea they're being videotaped in this practice? Right, it's completely <laughs> real. And you get to watch how that goes down the first time Jimmy Butler is asked to come back and practice with Andrew Wiggins. I, I don't see it going well. I actually think not, – not, of course it won't go well, but I don't see it going well as in it could end up being the front page of the tabloid story. You know, like TMZ <laughs> might get involved yeah. in the story at that point. And <laughs> it's a bizarre situation. Like I said, I think there might be some level of bluffing, you know – Come on, Miami, up your offer a little bit, or we're just going to play this out. I, I think there's a lot of that going on, but if they actually think they're just going to bring him back in, I, I don't. I, <laughs> get your popcorn ready. Yep, absolutely. All right, we're going to take a quick second here, and when we come back, Adam has was four or five burning questions. I have a, a, a handful of questions. All right, a- Adam. Adam has questions burning a hole on his desk, so we're going to get to that. All right, we're back. Adam, Adam, I'm not kidding. Adam has been texting me for the last two days, actually since the Lakers played, yeah, the last two days, saying how badly he wants to ask me these questions about the Lakers. I have never heard Adam interested in talking about the Lakers. Also, we have a bet. That, that you have to pay up. Oh, on. crap. So. That's right. I have to say at the end, I have to say some <laughs> nice things about the Lakers. At the end of segment three, you get to you get to say some nice stuff about these Lakers you're so interested in. So I'll hand the reins over to you. So I thought the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I truly found the first two preseason games, and to a lesser extent, this third one tonight, um, I found them fascinating by the Lakers. True, Like, they really are following through with some of the things they talked about at media day and, and through camp and over the summer. And, um, it's really, they, they represent a sort of basketball experiment. So my first question for them and really just kind of topic talking point is, can they ma- maintain this pace of play that they're playing at 113 possessions in their first two games? I don't know what the number was tonight. I'm trying to, it should be updated here any they second. Scored like um, 130 points. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. They put up a lot of points. So you would imagine it would be, um, relatively high but it was they're just playing so so fast and first of all lebron james teams play very slow this is a very different style of play for him um and also just can you go through 82 games playing at such a breakneck pace and be successful i just it's it's a really really fascinating question for them so i think it's fair to wonder about and and here here are the two factors that i think are that that if they go away from this style of play it would be for these two reasons one health obviously like lonzo Lonzo ball already hasn't played yet mo wagner hasn't played since summer league right with the world's worst knee bruise um 
if if they start breaking down and the training staff says, look, we're running too much, maybe the Lakers rethink stuff then. They'd be in a terrible spot. But what spot. do you mean if you, if you say that? Like LeBron James has a lot of mileage on him. Asking him to play an extra 12 possessions a game and to sprint up and down the court and all this stuff, you know, that's just, that's as, to me, that's asking a lot. But here's the thing about it. They're really, really good at it. Yeah. They, but the most exciting part of their games over the last, you know, the, their, their last three games have been transition. Rajon Rondo is, a, is a brilliant in transition. LeBron James is brilliant in transition. And the rest of the guys, especially in that starting lineup, are really, really good at sort of filling the lanes. And it, it's made for some, for lack of a better term, showtimes type basketball. And it's it been has. a lot of fun. It, but it I has. just don't, they're going to wear out. I, but, I don't think LeBron can do this for 82 games. Well, I think the other factor here that I was going to mention was that if it doesn't result in wins eventually lebron is going to say hey i've won games over 16 years this way yeah i i understand that you guys want to bring back showtime magic was involved in showtime so i think magic is personally invested in bringing that back but this is how i'm comfortable winning games so if either the lakers break down or they don't win or if they struggle or whatever then you might start to see lebron say all right I'm I'm really efficient in the half court. Let's just let's just take care of this and maybe maybe work towards playing that way again. The thing I was going to say though about But hold on, why... I want to make a point on that though because that was actually my number 2 question here so we can just kind of go into it. Is is will LeBron continue to play such a different style of basketball because he has really refined a very specific type of of, of basketball where he dominates the ball and it's a half court game and he is so good at it. He is probably the best I've ever seen at sort of orchestrating this type of uh, of offense. But even – so first of all, there's been a lot of transition. The Lakers are clearly looking to, to try to just push and get early early buckets. But when things have slowed down, LeBron's been off ball way more than I've ever seen him play, especially yeah. in the last several years. And it's not like he's off ball for Kyrie Irving. And and for like a stab Dwayne Wade established guys, he's playing off ball for Brandon Ingram, and and it's really Who's better it's than really, those guys. So I don't see what the problem. I don't is. think he's better than Dwayne Wade. Miami. <laughs> Come on, now. I, I really love Brandon Ingram. So so player. But what I'm saying is he's stepping out of the way for young, so not somewhat unproven players and. Look, I think that LeBron going to the Lakers, it was because he talked about wanting to change his style and and, and play a couple different ways and different things, but. We just know how it is. If they start slow, he knows a way to win. Yeah. He, just, he has an experienced blueprint to fall back on. Yep. And and But that's kind of the thing that makes me confident in this Lakers team is that if it doesn't work well, hey, we can always lean on LeBron. Right. <laughs> so like, like, if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. You move on and, and, and you kind of rethink some stuff. The other thing, too, here with, with the way LeBron has played off the ball I don't know if you remember how it looked when LeBron went back to Cleveland. He took a step back and was very passive and said, okay, show me the habits that you have built over the last few years, and I'll show you why they haven't worked or why they aren't working, why they won't work with me. And I don't think it's necessarily him doing it for those reasons because I think he respects Magic a hell of a lot more than he respected anybody in the Cavs organization at the time, especially especially Dan Gilbert. But I do think he's kind of like, okay, prove to me that this is – prove to – show me through action what you're seeing and why we think we should play this way. And if it works, cool. If not, we'll move on. I think there's another layer here though, Anthony, that you're overlooking, and that is 
the, you know, there's a reason players are not jumping to play with LeBron like like they were three, four mm-hmm. years ago. And I think part of that is because they've seen what happened. You know, when it happened to Chris Bosh, I think a lot of people thought, okay, that's Bosh. <clears throat> but when it happened to Kevin Love and to a certain extent Kyrie Irving where, no, you guys are satellites around LeBron. He's the star. You guys all kind of fall in line. Nobody wants to play that style. I mean, nobody wants to say, oh, yeah, I'm the spot-up guy in the corner that sets screens and then goes and runs there. So I think LeBron, knowing that, and just also seeing how the game has evolved as more talent has come in, more shooting, I think he's seen that, you know what, there needs to be another – his game has to evolve a little bit. And we've seen him set more screens, like on-ball screens, in the first three preseason games probably than I saw you know, in most games or, or most months in, in Cleveland. So I think there's a little bit of a conscious – it's not just let me see what your plan is and I'll go with it for let a me while. Show other I, people look I, I think it's, but I, but it's also I think him curious, him genuinely wanting to try something different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and look, he's not going to be LeBron forever. Like I think it'd be really interesting. It'd be insanely fascinating if this guy was looking at his own physical mortality in terms of basketball. Right. And in the face and saying, I can't keep this up forever. Let's actually try this out. Now, again, I'm I'm this is the one thing that I wish Twitter would kind of understand is that I'm not saying that this is going to be the, the situation no matter what moving forward. If it doesn't work and LeBron puts his foot down, the Lakers were fo- will will follow suit. Like that's oh, of just course. how it's yeah, going th- to work. But on top of that, Anthony, LeBron has actually been very good in the in the games, and the starters have been very good. To me, the Lakers, you know, losing or the, the moments where they've looked bad in the preseason games haven't had much to do with the starters, I don't yeah. think. I think the starters have been good. Mm-hmm. The The reason they've fallen behind is, is for their bench, which which we can talk about either after the break. Do we have time yeah. for this we'll, one, or do you want to take it? We'll, we'll, uh, we'll tease that, and we'll talk about that after the break. Okay. So we're going to talk here about the bench. I think just before we even get underway, I think it's worth noting that not having Lonzo forces that second unit not to have a point guard. That that hurts that that team. It does. It does hurt them a little bit. I don't know that that's really where they're getting hurt, though. Um, well, no, yeah. I, 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 th- I think, I think it's a little bit of both. They, and, and I'll let you ask the question because you, you, yeah. there's a question to this. Well, so one of your points when I told you, you know, like the Lakers, there's a lot of question marks. You're like, yeah, LeBron only played 15 minutes, and it's like, yeah, of course, he's going to play 34, 35, 36 minutes in the regular season, and those minutes are going to be good. Mm-hmm. Like those. That, I'm convinced that that group, they're, they're going to be better in April than they are in October, but they're going to be good even in October, I think. Mm-hmm. But that bench, there are a lot of serious, serious question marks. that, And I would almost say not even question marks. It's more of I think they have a somewhat low ceiling when you talk about Kyle Kuzma, Michael Beasley, Lance Stevenson, these guys running a second unit, um, in part because a lot of people talk about, oh, they're going to play small. Well, small ball, especially when you're talking about Kyle Kuzma, who, by the way, weighs less than I do, <laughs> guarding seven-foot strong yeah. players. He was really he, struggling against Denver. You, you, there's guys that, that are small, but they know how to play in the post. They just know how to play against big guys and box out and play positioning. Kuzma doesn't cross me as that guy. He's just a wing. He's a wing yeah. player with wing skills. And so when he was trying to you know, three-quarter front Plumley or try to push him off the block or, or beat him to spots, he just doesn't. It's not that he doesn't have the size. That part is definitely true. But he also just doesn't know how to do it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you saw the tweet, but David West chimed in about Josh Hart, who does have that skill. 
right? He doesn't get moved. And David West said that after he played against Josh Hart and wasn't able to move him in the post, he he said, all right, it's time to hang him up. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that is pretty good. good. I, I I do agree about the Kuzma thing. And, and I think the, the even a bigger point here is about Beasley and Lance playing together. I don't like that combination at all. Uh, especially if, because the thing is, if you're going to play small, you have to play fast. Like that's the way that this, the starters are taking care of, of of the opposing starters is they play at this crazy breakneck speed. But every time Lance gets the ball, he considers it a wasted opportunity if he doesn't get to hesitate and dribble between his legs like four times. The fans in both the San Diego game and at, at Staples Center, <laughs> they love I mean, Lance. they are ooing and eyeing at every time he touches the ball. and. Yeah. It's always something silly. Like he's yeah. doing like a triple crossover and then laughing at a guy as he just swings the ball. And you're thinking, he didn't do anything. Right. But you guys, <laughs> what, stop encouraging him. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a guy that really feeds off of the crowd. And the crowd is just like going all in when he's skipping up and down the floor, missing wide open guys, but skipping up and yeah. down. I'm just thinking, I don't get it. But I want, to your I point, want the, I want Staples Center, like when they play at home, I want Staples Center to be like, no. Don't applaud this. <laughs> like, <Yeah. you> know, <laughs> you don't reward this. But to your to your other point about just stylistically and putting Beasley out there. First of all, Beasley looks to me, and it's only this is one where it's only preseason. You can't draw any conclusions. But to me, he looks almost like he's lost a little bit. Um, yeah, he's not you know, getting by people. He's not getting by people. And when you talk about him going up against Mason Plumley, that's that's a matchup where if you if you're a good one on one player, he should have a huge advantage there. And I just never felt like he did mm-hmm. um, in either of the of those first two preseason games. Um, but him and but the style of play that they've sort of embraced with that unit, I don't know what to call. It. I guess it's called the mud unit, isn't it? <laughs> Le- LeBron gave him that. Yeah. Mis- misunderstood, underrated, determined. Determined. Um, that's oh, terrible. That's it's a really terrible bad. three-letter acronym. <laughs> hey, look, man, God doesn't get with two hands. <laughs> LeBron's really good at basketball. He's terrible at nicknames. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, but no, but th- that lineup seems to me to be built around this idea of isolation, and we're going to go small. Other teams can't match up with us, so we're going to find that mismatch and just try to go at it. And I, d- I just I don't think that's a winning formula at all. Well, they don't. Ha- the players in the second unit aren't good enough to do that. Like that, Kyle Kuzma isn't a multiple dribble type guy. Lance Stevenson yeah. might be, but his moves always end up in contested mid range jumpers. You don't want that. And, and well, I think I think the bigger point for all three of them because they all are actually above average one on one players, but they're below average all three of them in shot selection. Yeah. Yeah, including I, Kuzma, by the way. I think Kuzma is one of the great tough shot makers. His fundamentals are sound. He's got he's the type of guy you want taking a last shot because he's got every type of move. But there's a reason that like a two dribble behind the back step back jumper is a low percentage shot even for the best of them because you shouldn't shoot that all game long. Yeah, I, I think at some point I think the Lakers need to make a move for a, a more solid traditional backup center. So that they can get stops and get out and run. Like the, the, this team, they aren't good enough defensively to get stops and get out and run. And, and that really hurts that second group. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. And I do think a point guard will, you know, we do need to see how they play with either Lonzo or Rondo or, you know, it's some combination. But um, my next question actually goes to that. Part of the reason they played those minutes, when, when they talked about we're going to go ultra small, LeBron at center, Kuzma at center. If you think, okay, seven, eight minutes a game, whatever. No, it's like 25 minutes yeah, a game. It's, a it's basically time. half the game. And a large part of that is because JaVale McGee is actually just I – don't, I don't know that he's capable of playing 20 minutes a night. Um, he might be a guy that's only capable of playing 10 to 15 minutes and at, at any type of high level. 
And well, he has asthma. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. There's, there, yeah, he has asthma, so there's actually literal reason for it. Yeah. Um, but also foul trouble. I mean, he just, I think his production really is. He's one of those guys whose production really falls off the more he plays. And if that's the case, then the Lakers, at least initially, are going to be forced to play some of these w- wacky lineups. Well, I mean, they're forced to because again, we haven't seen Mo Wagner, and he's the Lakers' first round pick this year. And and you don't want to rely on non-lottery rookies in <laughs> in any situation, but especially not when they haven't played in six months, right? So that's yeah. you don't want to you don't want to rely on on or predict any kind of production there. Ivica Zubats is not an NBA player. We've we've learned this. I think he's not the guy, man. Yeah, he. So I I tweeted out during the game. I'm really hoping that the Phoenix Suns completely implode and and they release. Tyson Chandler sooner rather than later, and he hits the open market because if if the Lakers can get him, then I think that that second unit starts to make a lot more sense. Um, I I think regarding JaVale, I'll say this. He – I haven't noticed a real drop-off in his play thus far in preseason uh, the longer that he stays in the game, and he's played longer minutes than he has over the course of his career. Now, over the course of an 82-game season – Will that fatigue start to really set in? Probably. <laughs> yeah. I would probably say yes. Uh, but I, I well, I did because I mean the fouls for one. I mean he he becomes a guy that you know Mason Plumlee, Nikola Jokic, both in those games just pin him. I mean he gets he gets beat down the court and then he gets pinned and mm-hmm. and there's a lot of there was just a lot of fouls in transition because he was out of position. To, just, to, how many how many Jokic's are you going to play over the course of a season? I think a lot. That's a, you know, there, there's a lot of them, and actually, this leads into the next point, which is my final question, and and it's just can they defend? Because I know that they played at a high pace, so some of these numbers are off. But through three preseason games, they've allowed 124 points, 123 points, and 113 points. Mm-hmm. And again, the pace a little bit high, so some of those numbers should be like six points lower. But still, you're talking about giving up a ton of points, and yes, it's only preseason. But I just didn't see very many lineups where I felt like, oh, that's a lineup that I could see defending well. You want a you want a tinfoil conspiracy theory here? <laughs> Let's do it. All right. I think this the way that this roster is built up is just a a nice quick quick easy put Anthony Davis on this roster and it makes oh, perfect yeah. sense. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and he's now a clutch client. And you know I'm not going to say that the Lakers are tampering. They've only already been fined for it. Uh, but but they but I it feels a lot like the stars are kind of aligning there and 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 you know you guys can all laugh at me if in a couple of years from now Anthony Davis is is devoted to being a lifelong Pelican but it just makes so much sense like he just he makes this yeah. team really effing good he, he he makes a lot of teams really really yeah, good so I mean there's, but but it is true like the LeBron Anthony Davis pick and roll you don't have to get too much more creative than that you know you don't you don't have to split the atom with an offense when you have the best pick and roll ball handler and best pick and roll roll guy so uh, so yeah, there's certainly something there I, I'll finish with this Anthony and I, you're I failed so last last uh, we had a bet and and you won so now I have to pay my dues yep. here's the nice thing I'm gonna say about the Lakers they. Watching going to Los Angeles and getting to watch the game in San Diego first and then at, at Staples Center, you know, there's just a there is really is. I know it's a cliche. There really is a different energy around the Lakers because the brand is so strong because there's so many fans and the stars and the Hollywood and all this stuff. And it just 
they seem like a t- the one team in the league that's capable of sort of handling this big of a circus. I mean, they seem like on a different level than most NBA teams in terms of importance and everything else. And so it almost felt for the first time, it almost felt somewhat fitting that he was there, that the best player was at the, you know, the franchise that's capable of this type of uh, caliber of a player. Yeah, I, I this is where this is my version of Lakers exceptionalism. This is the one that I fall victim to is this idea that that things are just going to work out because they're the Lakers. Right. Like, like there are the opposite of that kind of situation, like the, the Toronto Raptors with DeMar DeRozan and and Kyle Lowry were like the opposite of that where they get into the playoff setting and you're like okay how is this going to go wrong I'm a Vikings fan they get into a playoff situation and you say all right how is this going to go wrong but the Lakers over the course of their franchise and and I'm insanely spoiled but but they it tends to work out more often than not and and if it doesn't work out this year then the Lakers have a ton of cap space to be able to go back and say all right that experiment didn't work we're going to build a more traditional roster around LeBron. They have the flexibility to, to, to do that. Yeah, and maybe it will work out. I mean, it's like it's easier for them. The one thing I think Lakers fans never never seem to recognize is that it's so much easier. I mean, Denver would also be great with Anthony Davis. So <laughs> if he forced his way there, yeah, but Denver would win a championship. But it's actually possible for the Lakers. So, um, yeah, you know – I do trust their ability to build something. I don't think this year. I do think this year is more of a sort of like work on what they got. Maybe mm-hmm. try to swing for a fence with a trade, but I, I don't see them as contenders. No. I don't think they'll miss the playoffs. Like a lot of it's becoming more and more popular to sort of predict that. I think it's possible. I absolutely think it's possible. I, I don't, don't think that's now, a, now that now that the the Western Conference is kind of broken down the way that it has, like the Jimmy Butler situation in Minnesota. The now the the Andre Robertson issue in in Oklahoma City. I still don't really trust what the San Antonio Spurs might look like. This is the most roster turnover that they've ever had in in my lifetime. A, a wise man once said, "Anything is possible." Yeah. Well, I I I guess <laughs> I just it's hard for me to say. It's it's hard for me to look at a LeBron James team and and put them out of the playoffs. I I I just yeah. I I don't, again. That just historically does not happen with the Lakers. They even even with the Dwight Mayor, they made it to the playoffs. They got swept immediately when they got there and, and Kobe literally broke down, but they, they still made Look, it in the most disappointing way that it, it, it could have gone. Let's not overtalk this one because I I don't think they're gonna miss the playoffs. I just think it's more possible than than you do. You know, that there there's more outcomes where that's a possibility in, in my estimation. But I still think they'll be there. But I don't think they're you know, they're not a team that I'm like, oh man, but once playoffs happen, anything is possible. Like I don't I don't know about that, man. I huh? I think this team has a has ceiling that's that's well below some of the teams above them. I don't see that. I, I don't agree. I mean, like, playoff LeBron is a thing. Playoff Rondo is a thing. I mean, Rondo almost, I mean, he was he was vital in, in New Orleans sweeping Portland, <laughs> yeah. you know? And, and I, I don't know. We'll see. The good I, news is there's a lot of time between now and yeah, April. Yeah, I, I, this, is, this is the point I kind of wanted to make here to, to finish on. It's so fascinating, like, the way that the Lakers are built, this experiment, that we actually get to watch this experiment. The Lakers threw themselves completely into, we're going to be small, we're going to run, we're going to try this out. Uh, I I think that's really intriguing, because if it works, and if it it is sustainable, I think it's a really fun system that, that the teams across the NBA could utilize. Like, that'd be a lot of fun to watch. 
from that's the, five that's or six the responsibility of great teams is to sort of push the league in it forward and and that's what the warriors have done say what you will about them they've changed the game they've changed the way people look at roster building and style of play and the three-point shot and all, all kinds of different things and for the better in my opinion yep i completely agree all right this was fun a lot of laker talk i promise next week we'll come back here and and we'll talk more about teams across the league. I'm hoping by next... I'm sure people in Minnesota are hoping by next week we'll have a Jimmy Butler trade to talk about. <laughs> that's that's going to get really awkward really quickly. Uh, but this was fun. Uh, if you enjoy the Laker talk, it's a lot more of that on Locked on Lakers. Uh, and and <laughs> basically last week uh, as well. But have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend. Be safe over this. We have about a week of preseason left, and then we have regular season games to talk about. We're almost there, man. This is fun. I'm already enjoying the preseason, so I'm good. <laughs> Same.